Randy, if you put this pulpit up here, because I want to preach from the original King James Version pulpit. Amen. I'm going to see if all this will fit on that little pulpit. As I said, it was built in February 2nd, 1978. I preached my first message on the Gadarean Maniac. What a topic for a first service. I, I tell you what, y'all sure were patient with me. Some people thought I was retiring this past Lord's Day. Uh, I'm not ready to retire, so uh, I might feel like it tonight, but I'm not. Turn to Psalm 71. The Lord changed my message. And uh, I sent, tried to send the outline to Brother um, Cody, and I think he got it. Matter of fact, he improved on it. Praise God. That's, I didn't put that up there. That's good. Amen. Good. Uh, he improved on the artwork. That's great. I like that. And uh, he's, he's good at that. I'm glad to see Joel back in the sound room helping uh, Brother Cody. Miss Caitlin's been really a blessing back there helping. And so uh, I love to see people step up. Okay. Psalm 71. I want to preach a message entitled Behind This Old Pulpit. Amen. Uh, it's a privilege. As a matter of fact, we ought to just all get in a 12 by 15 space. No, we can't do that. Break all the rules, make everybody mad. That'd be one, two, three, four, five pews back was the whole, and this section right here was the whole main sanctuary. So that's all you're going to hear about uh, the anniversary Sunday. I'm a little, uh, go to seat on it, I know, but I don't ever forget what God's done. And I want to forget where I came from and uh, where we came from. It was a very humble beginning, and God is blessed. And that keeps me content uh, when I see all the blessings, and I don't want to quit. But psalm 71 is about a psalm that, that David wrote um, when his son Adonijah was trying to usurp the throne, uh, which David had promised to another son, Solomon. King David was in his old age. And he was going through quite a period of heartache in his own home. Folks, I want to tell you something. There's nothing that hurts more than hurt in the home. Amen. Uh, I'm preaching uh, at the retreat about three times on that. And Brother Jeremy's preaching and teaching. And we need help in our homes. And folks, there's nothing that breaks your heart more than when your sons rebel. His son Absalom had already tried to steal the throne. And now Adonijah was trying to replace Solomon. And so Dave was feeling the pain that every Christian parent has when children rebel against the ways of the Lord. And so there's no heartache like the heartache of, in marriage. There's no heartache like the heartache in homes. And there's no heartache like the heartache with your children go wrong. I was so excited that both my sons got to preach in their daddy's church Sunday, Jason just preached about 10 minutes, and, and uh, Stephen, he, he preached all the way up to the 11 o'clock hour, and it was, it was wonderful to hear them preach, and then to see Steph come in, and Steph's not a preacher, but I'm going to tell you something, she's got a heart of gold, and well, the reason I said that Trent needed a lot of patience, I think she'd take in every kid in, in, uh, in, the, in the county, I guarantee, I think she would take in every one of them, and she's had Silas since the NICU. He was premature because mama was on drugs and daddy's not in the picture. And she just took him. And um, so Trent has a lot of patience. But I think Trent's got the same heart. 
And so if I was younger, I'd be, I'd be adopting kids, all right and left, and fostering and, and everything. And so that's what I meant by that statement. But you know, the Bible tell, talks is about, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Here's David going through one of the worst tribulations possible. And I want you to read this with me. I'll read the first verse, you read the second verse, and we'll go on through it. Let's stay in all the Word of God. We're just going to read the psalm, and I'll just take a few minutes, because I don't feel well tonight. Uh, and I know it's not COVID. It's probably age. Uh, now, I ain't going to say that. I, mean, I don't know what it is. I think it's sinuses, but I'm just really dragging. So y'all pray for me. Sometimes I feel like preaching, and sometimes I don't feel like preaching. That's why if these guys would just bootleg preach for about 25 minutes or so, I'd have just said amen and glory to God. But I'm going to preach anyway. So y'all pray for me. Amen. It says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let, let me never be put to confusion. Y'all read the second verse, please. Deliver me. Now, wait a minute. I didn't hear everybody at home reading. I want you to stand up. Get off your couch or you're on your patio with this weather, or you're cooking steaks, just stand up and read these verses with us. We want you to worship with us. I didn't see you do that. So get your Bible, amen? Put your cell phone up, uh, stop watching the football game, and listen. And I know some of you do worship God, and I appreciate you. Verse 3, Be thou my strong habitation, thereunto I will continually resort Thou hast given commandments to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Class, deliver me. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth by thee. We're in Psalms 51, or 71. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Cast me not off in thy time of old age. That's a good verse, isn't it? Cast me not off in the time of my old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. saying, God hath forsaken him, persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. Can't you feel the heartache in David's soul? My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the number thereof. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, 
Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, and who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee? Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my song which thou hast redeemed. may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good reading of the Word of God, and thank you, dear God, for this psalm. I can just feel the heartache from this daddy. I can feel the heartache from this king that's been uh, ousted and rejected. But God, I can sense the praise and the faith and the confidence that he has in you. And Lord, help us to realize that's what we need to do in dark days. Lord, this country is going through a dark day. God, this virus has caused a dark day in many people's lives. As Mr. Grant's on a ventilator and hanging on for his life, dear God, and our church church has been entrusted to pray for him, Dean and Karen, and Lord, all the ones home in our church that are sick. And Lord, we thank you, God, during this dark time, we can learn lessons of how good you are, how great you are, and how able you are. So Lord, give us faith. And God, give us faith in dark days. And we're going to praise you and thank you for this lesson from the Word of God, this psalm, in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to see in the absence of suffering, there is not one. All through life, the Bible, Job says that this this world is full of trouble. And the response to that suffering makes Christians unique. Uh, we're We're not exempt from trials but we can't be exempt from the failures during trials. Uh, The writer of Psalm 71 rehearses some of the reasons that we suffer in this life. Number one, look at verse four. It says trials are because of the ungodly. Folks, this world's going through a lot of trials today. People are on trial today. And a lot of times the reason is it's sin. People trying to uh, do things that are not godly. We ought to have prayer meetings uh, not riots. We ought to have prayer meetings, not impeachment. We ought to have prayer meetings, not political uh, gendering and ja- jaggling and, and uh, debating and division. We ought to have prayer. We ought to have, get back to God. Look at verse 4. The Bible says this, Deliver me, O God, out of the hands of the wicked, out of the hands of the unrighteous and cruel man. And so cruel is a word that means it comes from the word leaven in the Hebrew. It means it spreads and it groans. And folks, sin is aggressive, it's addictive, and it's deadly. And, and, and folks, we need to realize that sin's never satisfied. It'll eat you alive. And so David was being eaten alive by sinful men, but he had a fortress and he had a God. Look at verse 9. Number 2, trials are because of uncertain future. Now, we can say amen to that. Look at verse 9. Um, The Bible says, cast me not off in the time of old age, forsake me not when my strength faileth. You know, a lot of times, especially lately, people don't realize uh, how good they had it when they were healthy, and we're blessed, and we take 
blessings for granted. We never uh, really count a breath a blessing until you can't take the next one. We don't really count the next step a blessing until you can't take that step. Uh, we don't count uh, going to work a blessing until you can't go to work and you can't get out of bed. And so, folks, sometimes it's a shame, but we humans uh, take for granted our blessings. So trials are because of ungodly. Trials are because of the uncertain future. And number three, trials are because of unfaithful friends and unfaithful family members. Look at verse 10. It says, For mine enemies speak against me, and they lay wait for my soul and take counsel together. This pulpit is really shaky, so y'all y'all bear with me. I might not be able to see the notes I got here. But look at verse 11. The Bible says, saying, God hath forsaken him, persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. Now they're saying some bad things about King David, the man after God's own heart. And look at verse 12. Oh God, be not far from me. Oh my God, make haste for my help. I'll tell you, friend, during trials, when everybody else lets you down, God is available. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Say amen. Thank the Lord. We might not depend on our best friend or even a family member, but we can depend on God. By the way, you can't depend upon yourself. You'll let yourself down. How many has ever let yourself down? Amen. And then fourth of all, uh, trials are because of un unequal fa father. Uh, an unequal father. The heavenly father allows and even sends trials to believers. Look at verse 19. The Bible says this. It says, The righteous also, O God, is very high. Thou hast done great things, O God, who is likened to thee. That means even earthly fathers will let us down. It says, Thou hast shown me great and sore troubles, and shall quicken me again, and shall bring me up again from the depths of of the earth. I mean, that's pretty low when you feel like you're in the depths of there. The Heavenly Father allows and even sends trials uh, to believers. Why? To knock off the rough edges, to polish the diamond, to crush the uh, pride out of our life, and to make us more like Jesus. And I've said that so much. Our earthly Father allows their children uh, to go through situations of distress and difficulties in order to make them strong. Folks, there's tests to help you grow. In school, I hated tests. I was not a good test taker. I was a very good student. Uh, the only C I made in high school was uh, typing, and I use that more than I do anything. I, I was in the typing class to be with the cheerleaders, and that's the only reason I went into that class, and I'll confess that as a sin of the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, and I was a backslidden teenager. But uh, folks, I want to tell you something. Those tests were hard. And those time trials were hard. Usually I'd type something like 15 over 8. That's 15 words over 8 mistakes. And, uh, but I learned uh, some things in those tests. Uh, it's hard and stressful. In sports, it's hard and stressful. And folks, the earthly father allows children to be tested. An earthly father allows them to go to school. An earthly father won't shelter their children from all the adversaries and, at, and put them in a greenhouse. they got to go out and battle this world and realize that God is able. And so, folks, trials uh, because of an unequal father. But then I want you to see, second of all, the results of trials in a believer's life. And this is the main part of the psalm. In Psalms uh, 71.7, we see 
uh, when we are not in control, especially men, we feel we're, we're, we're vulnerable. Uh, some people are control freaks. Uh, some people won't let their wife drive. They're so, they're so in control. Uh, I make myself nervous driving. My wife doesn't make me nervous. I make myself nervous. Amen? That's, that's awful. But look at verse 7. The Bible says, I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. I'm a wonder to many. Uh, people are watching your life, how you're going to handle adversity. And you ought to be a wonder to many. And David was a wonder to many. He was a, he was a king. I mean, you can't get any higher in that day than the king. And he said, I'm a wonder to many, but, I, but he says, thou art my strong refuge. He said, I wouldn't be nothing without you. What an attitude of, um, of, of feeling uh, vulnerable and maybe even insecure. Look at verse 2. 71, it says, Deliver me in thy, in thy righteousness and cause me to escape, incline mine ear unto me and save me. Folks, the only one that can save you is the Lord during this time of darkness. Look at verse 9. The Bible says, Cast me not off in the time of my old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. Have you ever been at wit's end? You ever felt like uh, you just didn't know where to turn? And so there's a feeling of vulnerability. And there's a feeling of insecurity, and there's a, there ought to be a feeling of dependence. Look at Psalm 71, verse 12. The Bible says this, O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. You can see the desperation in that cry. Look at your Bible. Circle some of these words. Uh, Psalms 56, I believe it is. Look back to Psalms 56, verse 3. It says, What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. What time I'm afraid, I'll trust in thee. Now, we've given people all kinds of uh, anguish of being afraid during these days. But I want to tell you something, friend. You ought to be afraid. You ought to be afraid you'll try to handle these problems, handle this virus, handle this political unrest. You ought to be afraid of the flesh and what it can do to you. You ought to be afraid of pride, thinking you can handle it. And, folks, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in the Lord. Look at verse 4 of Psalms 56. And it says, in God will I trust his word. God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they risk my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. Now, folks, that's a dilemma for a king. And folks, listen, what time I'm afraid, I'll trust the Lord. And so, folks, we see that the results of trials is to make us realize we're vulnerable and we're insecure. And that we ought to be dependent. And then we see the feeling of emergency. I want you to get this now because a lot of people are going through this. I mean, uh, uh, this is a time of a lot of anxiety about health and about the next day and about even life. Uh, this dear lady that was crying out for her husband in this letter. And uh, folks, I want to tell you something. Adoption uh, fellowship is not where we're going to get our help. It's from the Lord, but I appreciate her calling all Christians like my uh, son-in-law Trent and my daughter Stephenson, please pray for my husband. And she cried out in her letter, I just want my husband back. And some of y'all know him personally. I don't know him personally. But I know this, that uh, uh, God is their help and God is their refuge and prayer is the answer. Look at verse 12. The Bible says this, verse 12, Oh God, be not far from me. Oh my God, make haste. Uh, for my help. Folks, I can see the emergency 
in this verse. He's at the wit's end. One of the great characteristics of strong men are, and strong kings and strong leaders and strong pastors is self-reliance and independence. They make their own decisions and chart their own course. Well, adversity will knock the self-reliance out of you. Folks, when you can't breathe, you don't, get, you don't have any more self-reliance. Uh, when you don't know what uh, this world's going to come to next or what crazy edict's going to be passed next in government, folks, we need to pray for our country. Amen? We need to pray for our country. And folks, there ought to be in a feeling of emergency in America for Christ believers. There ought to be a feeling of emergency for mor- mor- morale and morals and life and decency. God, help us. It's, it ought to be a feeling of emergency. So, so last but not least, I told you this to be brief. Uh, how does, should believers respond? That's the main part of this uh, wonderful psalm. It's a psalm in dark days is the title of the message. But we need to remember the character of God, number one. Write that down. We need to remember the character of God when we're going through tribulations and trials emergencies and dark days. Look at verse 1, Psalm 71. I'm going to read verse 1 through 3. The Bible says, In in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be Be thou my strong habitation whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandments to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. He uses that a lot in the Psalms. He's, you're my rock, you're my fortress. Folks, he's stability and he's also security. He's stability, but he's also a refuge. And folks, we need to remember the character of God. We need to remember he's still on the throne. We need to remember he is God and his word changes not. We need to realize that God is God. Uh, folks, we need to realize not only about the character of God, but we need to realize the glory of God under this character of God. Look at verse 8. Let my, let my mouth be filled with praise and, let, and with thy honor all the day. Folks, he said, I'm going to glorify you. I'm going to glorify you in my reactions. I'm going to glorify you in my demeanor. I'm going to glorify you in my praise in dark days. Folks, this will set you free. You need to glorify God no matter what. You need to glorify God when it's so dark you don't know where to turn and you're so low you don't know if you can get back up. And you need to glorify God when you're scared and afraid and you wonder what the future holds. We need to glorify God because he's a God of glory. Then he's a God of power and strength. Look at verse 18. Under this, uh, number one, uh, the character of God. We need to remember the character of God during trials. Look at verse 18. The Bible says this, Now also when I am old and gray-headed or no hair, O God, forsake me not till I have shown the strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. He was concerned about this generation. And folks, I want to tell you, that's the only generation we have is this generation. Our life is so soon past. Only what's done for Christ will last. And I want to tell you something, if you lose your testimony during this dark time, you've lost it all. God wants to magnify himself through this dark time. 
God wants to illuminate himself through this dark time. And then I want you to see not only under character, you see his glory, and under the character you see power and strength. It's not in your outline, you have to write this down, but we see his faithfulness. We see his faithfulness in verse 22. It says, I will also praise thee with the Pesadri, even thy truth, O God, unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. Now God would, had been faithful, and God had been miraculous to the of Israel, and it was still in his mind that God is faithful. And then five times he mentions that God is righteousness. God is righteousness. That's part of his character. He's just right. Look at verse 2. Deliver me unto thy righteousness. Cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Look at verse 15. Verse 15, please. The Bible says this. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. For I know not the, uh, the number thereof. Folks, he's right. And he has a right to, to, to lead us through anything he wants us to go through for his righteousness sake, for his kingdom's sake, for his glory. Look at verse 16, please. The Bible says this, I will go in strength of thy Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. You know, some people go through trials and dark times. They are to say, God, this ain't right. And they start shaking their fist at God and say, this is not fair. Well, listen, folks, life's not fair, but God is righteous. God is right. And we should never doubt his righteousness. In verse 19, the Bible says this, Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things? O God, who is like unto thee? There's nobody like him. Verse 24, My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for thou art confounded, for they, for they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. So the psalm in dark days is full of God's righteousness. And that tells me he wants us to portray his righteousness. He wants us to exalt his righteousness. He wants us to proclaim his righteousness. And he wants us to live a righteous life even in the dark times even more so. And so the one thing that we must never lose sight of in the midst of all our suffering is the righteousness and goodness of God. The righteousness and goodness of God. He's good, and he's good all the time. When you're in the middle of a trial, everyone will have an opinion or a suggestion for a remedy. But after all is said and done, there is only one thing that can, can put, you can put your trust in, and that's the character of God. Only, uh, listen, only he knows the reason and the results of your situation. He, he's the only one. And you can have friends like Job's friends and second guess you and say it's because of sin or rebellion or whatever. But folks, God knows what he's doing and he's right. He's right. He's righteousness. And then number two, response and trials. We need to review the compassion of God. We need to review the compassion of God. One song you ought to memorize from heart, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Amen? You ought to sing it over and over again, not just in Valentine's either. By the way, husbands, you only got four shopping days to Valentine's. But um, God help us. 
God help us to never forget the love of God during dark times. Look at verse 4. It says, Deliver me, O my God, my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel, cruel men. My God, you're the deliverer. Verse 5, For thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. Verse 6, By thee have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of the mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. He said, listen, I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for you. My mama wouldn't let me live if it wasn't for you. Thank God I've got a purpose. I've got a reason. It's from the womb. God has ordained me to glorify your precious name. Look at verse 17. The Bible says, oh God, thou hast taught me from my youth. He's gracious. He's faithful. Then, then we ought to, number three, rejoice in celebration to God. What a rejoice. Very unusual thing, but we ought to rejoice. As Brother uh, Jeremy's already said, we ought to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Look at verse 6, the last half of it. It says, my praise shall be continually of thee. Now his sons forsook him. Another son's trying to usurp authority over him. I mean, he's, he is in exile probably during this psalm. His, the, the, the absence tried to steal the hearts of, of the people against him. And folks, I want to tell you something, that would be a heartbreaking thing. Instead of my sons encouraging me, what if they showed up uh, last anniversary Sunday and started uh, preaching against me and saying, you know, he's too old for this church or he's senile or he's not, he's not living right, he's wicked, uh, cast him out or turn your hearts towards me. That would have been a very difficult anniversary Sunday. And that's exactly what's happening to David. His own children turning against him and turning against his authority. And so I want you to, I want to close by saying this. We need to rejoice in the Lord always, even in dark times. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy, and with thy honor all the day. Dark times. Dark times. Verse um, 14, but I will hope continually and will be, and yet praise thee more and more. I'll hope, but I'm going to praise you more and more. Is that our attitude during, during trouble? Or do we bad mouth, whine, complain, and even shake our fist at God, spiritually speaking, maybe emotionally speaking? Look at verse 15. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and the salvation of thy day, for I know not the number thereof. Thank God, he says, I can't even count how right you are. I can't count how good you are, but I can count on you. Down in verse 22, it says, I will praise thee with the pasadri, even thy truth. O my God, unto thee will I sing with the heart. O thou Holy One of Israel. Thank God for such a rejoicing spirit. Verse 23, my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee and my soul which thou hast redeemed, my tongue also shall talk of the righteousness all the day long. For they are confounded, for they are brought into shame that seek my hurt. So we need to rejoice in the celebration of who God is. Then fourthly, we need to renew our consecration. Verse 18, he says it very clearly. Now also when I'm old and gray-headed, O Lord, forsake me not until I have shown thy strength unto this generation and thy power unto everyone that is to come.
So I've still got a ministry. I still want to be faithful, and I'm still consecrated or set aside for your glory in this dark time. I want to be a light in this crooked and perverse generation. Then last but not least, we need to reclaim our confidence in God and the future. Reclaim our confidence. Look at verse 21. It says, Thou hast increased my thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. That's strange prayer. He said, You're gonna make me great. And folks, great means to improve and expand his greatness through us. It's our ability to impact others for the sake of God. Not to make us great that everybody will think we're great, but make us in a position where we can glorify God. And by the way, when you go through dark times, you are never noticed more than during that dark time. If you're going through the hunky-dory times and all the wonderful times, they won't even notice you. But when you go through the tribulations and trials and people turn their back on you, you lose your health, you lose your job, you lose whatever, and you don't lose God's joy and his presence, they notice you. And it expands you. It magnifies God. And folks, what this is saying is our testimony for him will be greater. Your testimony will be great if you do not recant and if you do not pout and if you do not panic. But if you'll keep on praising God, life is not easy, but it can be victorious even through the dark times of life. I want to ask you two questions. These are very personal questions. Are you closer to God right now than you were this time last year? Are you closer to God right now than you were this time last year? If not, this pandemic, this political chaos, this uh, wickedness in our nation, this dark time has driven you away from God. You have got cold on God. You might have even got bitter. You might have doubted God. And that's and, that, and, and we all probably have a little bit, but I want to tell you something, friend. You ought to realize that God brought this in your life for a testimony. And here's my second question. Is your testimony more solid in the eyes of your fellow believers and more important in the eyes of a lost and dying world than it was this time last March? That's a great question, I think. God had told me to ask it. Folks, we either are upsliding or backsliding. And if we're not closer to God than we were this time last March or last February, then we have backslidden. And so Psalms 71 tells us how we can upslide, how we can draw nigh to God, and how we can be a greater testimony for God during these dark times than ever before. So folks, our response to, to the trials, we ought to remember the character of God. We ought to review the compassion of God. We ought to rejoice in the, in the faithfulness of God. And we need to renew our consecration to God. And we need to reclaim our confidence and our testimony because somebody is looking at your life and wanting to see how you're going to live during this dark time. Thank God for your faithfulness. Thank God some of y'all have stood faithful. I'm not talking about everybody that's here. I'm, some people can't be here. But I'm talking about people that have tried their best to encourage this pastor, 
encourage their assistant pastor, and encourage their Sunday school teacher, and encourage their family by just trying to be faithful. Whether it's here or there, you've been faithful. And folks, every day with Jesus ought to be sweeter than the day before, even in dark times. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful psalm. I think I got more out of it today than I ever have. And maybe because I can't think of a darker day that we've been living in, especially some people that have lost loved ones. They've had to bury them recently. God, I know that there's been tragedies, car accidents, and things happening, not just COVID, that's knocked the wind out of some Christians. And I pray, dear God, they would draw nigh to you. And you said you'd draw nigh to them. I pray to God that they'd read Psalm 71, meditate on it, and actualize it in their life through prayer and through yieldedness. God, that you'd make them a light in this crooked and perverse world. That you'd make them a testimony of praise and adoration and faithfulness in this dark day. And so, Lord, help us to take Psalms 71 as a message of hope in a dark day. Those parents that are hurt because of their children, as David was, help them to identify with David and praise your character and praise your compassion and celebrate your faithfulness. God, be that testimony that will draw them back to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, have me say, preacher, tonight, I'm glad I came or I'm glad I viewed in because I need the truths of Psalm 71 in a special way during these dark times, during these personal times, during these family matters. I need the truths of Psalm 71. I want you to pray that I'll apply as your prayer tonight. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? I've got to raise mine. Thank the Lord. Father, use this message. Thank you, God, for the strength to preach it and the privilege of being here. And may we, dear God, realize you're our anchor. You're our haven of rest. And God, that we're, we're dependent upon thee and that you've never failed us yet. And so, Lord, increase our faith is our prayer. And increase our faithfulness is our testimony. In Jesus' name.